One of my favorite vibes of all time is the vibe of summer camp. I feel like my biggest personality trait is being a camp counselor 24 seven. Um, you will always see me with like a Sharpie so I can write some inspirational quote on you. I'm always ready to accept the dare challenge of eating whatever weird food combination that you made. I'm gonna be doing cartwheels from point A to point B, why just because? And I'm definitely gonna be shouting when it's quiet. Why? Because nobody else is. Summer camp is the best because it's the time for like all those silly questions where you sit down at lunch and then you turn to everybody and you're like, okay, but if you were a soup, what kind of soup would you be? It's in that silliness, joy, and openness that we breed vulnerability and trust some of our greatest superpowers. Y'all, let's talk camp and let's talk vulnerability. Super, super blessed this summer that I get to help serve and lead in multiple um, different camps coming up these next few weeks and in the week that's finishing right now. So this past week, I got to help in a healthcare camp at my school. Um, so middle schoolers and high schoolers were able to come and sort of try out different healthcare majors. And so me as a nutrition major, I got to help lead them in that. And let me tell you, middle schoolers are so funny. Um, <laughs> but I want to share with you my favorite role of the camp before I can even tell you this story is um, I got to sort of like host like some Kahoot games and just like do icebreakers in the beginning of the day when all the kids are like tired and don't really want to do anything. So I got a banana costume dressed up in it and would just sort of walk around, talk to the kids, try to get them to dance with me. So I was definitely in a big conference room, like in a banana costume doing the cotton eye joe alone because literally none of the kids would join in with me um but they would laugh a little bit they'd be laughing at me they'd be laughing with me i'm laughing too i got to lead the kahoot games as banani annie you know classic that's my host name um got to dance with them got to share banana puns just got to be silly so the kids got to get to know me in that way so um the first station or like section a session we went to um, we took the middle schoolers and we got to make smoothies with them and so there were a few middle school boys that were making their smoothie cutting up some fruits and stuff there was one that stared me dead in the eye straight face as he's cutting a banana and he goes i'm murdering your family right now <laughs> I tried to keep a straight face back and I couldn't, so I left a little bit, but then I went back to straight face. I was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And I kept dropping the banana. Just so funny. Only a middle school boy would think of that, right? Super funny. But we can see there a new trust that was formed between me and him. Do you see what happens when I'm able to be vulnerable and silly and out there trying to do a split in a banana costume to call it a banana split and being unable to do a split, it opens hearts. Let me, let me explain why. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability. These kids are showing up at camp. They're too nervous to talk to anybody because like that would be embarrassing. You don't want to say the wrong thing. So everyone's just sitting on their phone because they're too embarrassed to do anything. They're too shy. But then some crazy college girl gets in front of them and starts like dancing very poorly in a banana costume. Well, hey, 
If they talk to the person next to them, at least that's not as embarrassing as the girl up in a banana costume. There's something about being so open and free that invites other people to be so open and free. And then there's a bond of trust that is formed. I continue to be like a safe place for these kids at the camp to make jokes with. These middle school boys that didn't say a word for the entire session before can stare me dead in the eye and like make jokes with me about bananas um, when they're unable to talk to anybody else. There was a bond of trust that was formed because I was able to be open with them, even if it's in a super silly way. In the same way, when I am able to trust somebody with the deepest parts of my heart, does it not encourage them and open their own hearts to trust me in the same way with the deep, powerful, real, and inspiring places of their hearts? Yes, vulnerability is inspiring. It causes everybody to look deeper. It causes everyone to be okay in their woundedness. Because y'all, our woundedness is not a place to fear. I feel like God looks at me in my woundedness and says, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to run. Why should you be afraid? (laughs) God looks at us in love, even in our brokenness. So it's not a place to fear. Vulnerability is a superpower because we're entering into a place and saying, I have no fear knowing that my brokenness doesn't control me and I can be real and I can be trusting because what I have to share is important. Because my heart is important. How I'm feeling is important. So I'm able to be vulnerable and share this gift of myself to those who are worthy of receiving it. I should be able to give this beautiful gift of the deep parts of my heart. Vulnerability is a superpower, my friends. I remember the first time I really was able to give a huge part of my heart into the hearts of those that I trust. And it was at a testimony night of my women's ministry the first semester that I was leading. So this was five, six semesters ago. Can't even keep track when we decided that the Lord was calling me to be able to open the conversation before we invited other girls to share their testimony. I felt called that I was the one to open the door first, to lead with vulnerability, to encourage others to do the same. And I had never been able to sit down and tell others my story in full, in all the crap, in all the ways that I bullied others, in all the ways that I put other people down, in all the ways that I let a lot of sexual impurity control me, in all the ways that I hated myself and in all the ways that I hated the people around me and all the ways I was so miserable and in all the ways I wasn't even sure how to move forward with where I was then. But being able to speak the truth that God had never left my side in any of that, being transparent that I'd found freedom in so much of it, I found so much freedom in being able to share it, yet every day is uncovering wounds and seeking more freedom. And I remember there was a change in the room on a night like that. As we split off into small groups, 
We had girls speaking things out loud that they had never told anybody before. Why? Because they felt encouraged to do so. Because they felt like it was a safe space to do so. Because they saw somebody else be so open that they knew that it was okay if they were open in return. I feel like one of the lies the enemy really speaks to us is about being hidden. That we're not worthy of being revealed. That's too scary for us to be revealed. That we're too ugly. That nobody, nobody would want to see all of us or they would have run. But that's where actually the enemy gains his po- power, is by keeping us hidden. Shame derives its power from being in the dark. And so when we don't speak things out, when we don't allow ourselves to be seen, that's where we get destroyed. But that night was a moment of pure freedom as girls were allowing themselves to be seen in their brokenness. There were real tears. There were lots of hugs. And if I can say anything, that was a moment that I'd never been more convinced that I was definitely supposed to work in women's ministry. And since then, we've had many transformative testimony nights and I've been able to share my story in full in so many different ways. But in that vulnerability and openness, so much fruit was born from it. Yet, not every time I share my testimony is that the case. Fast forward to this past semester and this past winter break when I felt the Lord calling me to share my testimony in a new way using social media. I had never made a TikTok. I never even downloaded TikTok because I knew it would take up too much of my time. But Instagram had those reels thing and I felt motivated to make a little reels about my story and my journey. Thinking that I could somehow showcase the glory of God in 15 seconds of what he's done in my entire life and there's no way I could fit it all in but I had a little transformation video of what my life was like before Christ and what my life is like now and so the before Christ side had in full transparency all the things that I've struggled with in the past of pride and being a bully and putting identity in athletics and a lot of sexual impurity and cheating in relationships and dating women and (laughs) being addicted to porn and so many other destructive things that I can't even remember all my eating disorders and so many things and so that was the first half of the video and then the second half being that now I recognize I'm just a daughter I'm not the things that I do. I'm not the things I have done. I'm not the things that I will do. I'm just a daughter, and I'm unconditionally beloved. Now, I thought that was a great message. In fact, it's the message that keeps me alive. It's the gospel message. It's what Jesus has for us, that Jesus came and died for us so that we can have abundant life, not only in the future, but right now that there's purpose to every suffering. And so even in all the ways I've fallen short, there's always mercy and grace. That's what the cross tells us. That's what the gospel tells us. There's always mercy and grace so that we can step into the yes and the fullness that Jesus has for us right now. So I posted the video thinking it was a great message. And the first few days it was received well, mostly by my Christian friends, but Within a day and a half, the storm started. One of 
the many things I struggled with that I mentioned on this video was, and I quote, dating a girl. I have experienced same-sex attraction for, I don't know, at least the past five, six years of my life. And in discovering Christ and the church teaching on sexuality, in discovering my call of chastity in that part of my life and discovering that's not my call to act on those desires yeah I found freedom I've found so much freedom in being able to say no to that yet that wasn't received well within a few days I received hundreds of hateful comments DMs Twitter wars waged against me, calling me homophobic and bullying, and this is the reason why people kill themselves, and that I should just kill myself by just suggesting that this is no longer a part of my story, not at all expressing anything about the stories of those around me, and yet it was just not received well at all. People even started reaching out to the school to let them know about this, that I was promoting hate speech and even had a meeting um, with some higher ups of the school to discuss this because <laughs> apparently I was harming people with my story, with just my experience, the things that I struggle with. that all these allies were saying they supported people of my experience, but they didn't support what I chose to do with it. And it was very frustrating. I thought vulnerability was supposed to breed vulnerability. I thought in opening up with my struggles, then it would allow other people to open up their own hearts, and yet it caused many people to close their hearts to what the Lord was doing because they just misunderstood. Vulnerability should bring clarity and truth and freedom. Yet in this situation, it brought destruction. And I was confused and hurt for a while. Um, story for another time is how I found freedom and healing from all of that and that was a video I ended up deleting and not that I regret but it did cause a lot of hurt but the Lord used so much of that hurt for his glory so much of that I was able to offer up for prayer while I did receive hundreds of hateful comments and DMs I did receive a few wonderful DMs and messages of support, love, and even just questions of similar people with similar experiences trying to live a life that I'm trying to live, asking me questions. If I have to suffer from hundreds to help the few, <laughs> then truthfully I'm living what I'm called to do. God would leave the 99 for the one. So if I have to suffer from the 99 
to help save the one, then it would be an honor. It would be an honor to be vulnerable and put myself on the line for the sake of another. The Lord tells us in John 15, no greater love is there than this than to lay down your life for one's friends. I'll suffer some mean words from some strangers so that others can know true freedom. I pray that all know true freedom, but I don't regret any of that. Even in the painful vulnerability, there was purpose. The few moments of glory. The ability of myself to see that I don't have to be loved by anybody. And frankly, I'm not going to be. But that I can stand firm in the truth and the freedom that Jesus has won for me. And I don't need to convince anybody of that to be in that freedom. The vulnerability of that video truthfully spoke more power into me than I think anybody else. I felt like it was a final way of me to release anything I was hiding. Everything I shared in that video were things that I've talked to many people about, but I've never been so transparent on my social media, and I figured what better way to be vulnerable than to just let them know. Not to let them know I'm better than anybody who struggles with this, but let them know that I'm just as broken, if not more broken and more wounded. <laughs> no matter how much healing I found from things, so many wounds still affect us today, and I can guarantee you so much of those quirks are some of the reasons that I react the way I do, that I am the way I am. But I look back on that video and I look back at some of those painful days and I thank the Lord for it. It taught me that people just don't do it for me anymore, but only Jesus. It taught me that the affirmation of people can only go so far, that the affirmation of the Lord is eternal, true, and good, that the Lord wants to affirm me. The video taught me that I need to live by what I preach. If I'm preaching in the video that I'm just a daughter and that's all I have to be, but I'm getting heartbroken by those who are saying otherwise, and I'm caring more about what they say instead of just the daughterhood that I'm already living in, then I realize there's something there that's not adding up. In the pain in the morning that I didn't invite people into, <laughs> I learned more about Jesus' heart. And when I finally decided to invite people into the morning and the pain of all the suffering and all the bullying that was ha uh, happening to me, it was that power of vulnerability that grew so many hearts closer to Jesus. That I was able to be in such pain and yet trust that I was able to mourn very deeply, but say Jesus has joy for me, that I was able to sit and cry with my friends and say this is stupid and I'm frustrated and I don't get it. To be in that vulnerable state with them was to gain freedom. Vulnerability brings us freedom. The absolute queen of vulnerability herself, Brene Brown, tells us 
but vulnerability is not about winning or losing. It's about having the courage to show up and be seen. And so that's our question. Are we showing up? And are we allowing other people to see us? Are we allowing ourselves to be seen? Are we hiding? Are we in the dark? Are we living transparent lives? Are we even allowing ourselves in situations where we could share the deepest parts of our hearts? Do we have people in our lives, friends, who are able to be trusted with the deepest parts of our hearts? Are we sharing them? Do we allow ourselves to go out in public without a mask on? Do you ever talk to anybody without the mask? If everything's fine, this is fine. Do you ever allow your emotions just to be? Do you ever allow yourself just to be? Easily one of the biggest wounds on my heart, I feel like always, is that I'm not doing enough. And for anybody who knows me, (laughs) I hope you laugh at that, because I try to too. I'm a two-sport college athlete, graduate student intern, working on my master's thesis, currently leading four-ish Bible study groups, helping lead worship, other ministry, constantly serving in so many ways, giving tours, playing softball tournaments over the summer, you name it. So many things that I'm doing that I pray that I'm doing as a gift of service for others because I'm not meant for myself. I'm meant to be a self-gift, but sometimes still always attacked in the place to say I'm not doing enough and that I'm not enough. And so what happens when we believe these lies? We put on masks, we put on shields. And so sometimes I'll spend too much time trying to convince people that I'm doing enough to prove that I'm a good person, (laughs) to prove that I have it all together. Man, that's just like tiring. And truthfully, just like boring. Like nobody even wants to hang out with the person who has it all together. (laughs) Because nobody can relate to them. There's a gift about showing up and saying, actually, I'm not my best self, but I'm here. Actually, the part of me that you're going to see is going to be a little ugly. But I'm allowing you to see it. That's real love. That's real trust. That's real freedom. Freedom is not pretending to be okay. But allowing yourself to not be okay. And in all the ways I try to hide myself and hide from vulnerability, I can't. I think over the years... I've become best friends with vulnerability. Now, you still can argue with your best friend. There's still days you can't see them, you can't be near them. But most of the time, they're your favorite thing ever. All the freedom I've won in my life is only because I've been able to be vulnerable. I've been able to be weak. I've been able to be raw and real and authentic. That's what I hope to do with this, to be able to speak into my own weakness, 
for the sake of my own growth and maybe for the sake of whoever is listening on the other end of this. So let my encouragement be that vulnerability is scary and annoying sometimes and really stretching. But vulnerability is what breeds creativity and new ideas and new freedom. And that's what we were made for. That's who we are. What a gift. Wow. Even stepping into vulnerability with this is stretching, but filled with glory. You, my friends, are made for greatness, glory, and sainthood. You are unconditionally beloved. Until next time, God bless.